There you go. That's great. Well, this morning we're in week two of Colour Our World, Colour Your World. Um, who was here last week? Um, for those that are joining us this morning, missed out on last week, great um, colour, you can catch up, it was orange, I missed it, but um, I believe a great powerful word, you can catch up on iPod or however way you feel. But this morning we are continuing this series called Colour Your World and um, it's a series that we've stemmed out, who is at Imagine Conference? We're from Imagine Conference, Hank Fortner brought this session where he pulled out um, some of these colours and how that, um, how that affects us, what that means in our world. This idea that um, these colours represent this meaning and our, our lives represent meaning also. This idea that the colour in our world is to be given to the colour in our lives is to be given to the colour into our world that can change the shades of colour um, around the place as we, we go, we carry these colours and we, we give these colours out. And this morning as we do that, um, we're going to um, look into the, actually firstly, who has a favourite colour? Does anyone have a favourite colour? You all do? Well, I'm a little bit like you, Warwick, because as I've been thinking of this and thinking about, you know, favourite colours and colours and all of, all of this stuff, I can't really identify that I, who doesn't have a favourite colour? Like, just all colours are good. No, just me, you're great. Um, and a friend over here. Well, um, as I was thinking about that, there's not one particular colour that I would say that that's, that's my favourite colour. But what I do identify is I have a least favourite colour. Um, the colour purple, you know, it's just not a colour that is in my wardrobe. Sorry for... Uh, um, also, but here's the thing, here's the thing, Leanne, I'm um, just thinking on the spot right now. The colour purple that you bring is just very different to the colours that I bring. That's how we'll, we'll roll with that. Um, and I'll walk this way. Um, but the colour purple is not in my wardrobe. It's, you know, I'm all for stationery and all these accessories. Again, no colour purple in there. Um, so whilst I don't have a favourite, I probably have a probably least favourite, sorry. But... You bring the colour purple where you show up, so that is great. But this morning, we're going to look at this colour red. And um, this morning, as we look at that colour, as we um, look at what that means, this colour red is a colour that we would identify as a colour of love. Would we agree with that? See that? This colour red where, um, you know, it occupy, occupies this space of love. But then also, what the colour red occupies is this space of anger. Yeah, so, you know, we've got colour love, which is love, and then we've also got this colour red, which occupies this same space, which is anger. And where that comes from, this same space that is in our soul, that space where love is occupied, where you remember when you've fallen in love and you've got butterflies and it's exciting, and that place of love. But then also that place where your, your chest gets tight, where you feel anxious, where you feel all these emotions, where anger also is occupied. That same place of where love is occupied, so does anger. So that same place in our soul. So what is interesting as well in that, that often the people that we love and matter most to us, the ones that we love and bring us joy, are also these people that may bring us frustration and all these sorts of stuff. 
The same people that bring that love also bring this frustration and anger out in us. So this morning, um, as, we're, as we're opening up this scripture, and what I recognize that for many people that as we're preparing scripture, as we're reading scripture, as we're looking at what the scripture says to us, what it does do as we're applying that to our lives, and we recognize that this scripture that we open each and every Sunday has power to transform our lives. And so as I was um, preparing this message, the week that I was leading into preparing, um, sure enough was tested. Now, I wouldn't say I was an angry person, but this particular week, you know, this, these different things um, were coming at me. And to be honest, the part of love didn't really shine through that well. And so this morning as we open up this scripture, as we read what this scripture says to us, as we look at the importance of what love can do in our world, what we need to recognise is um, our posture of love matters to our world. This colour red that needs to be splashed into our world is to be occupied by that place in our soul which is love and not this anger and this other stuff that comes at us. So this morning we're going to open up, um, I titled this message, Posture Yourself with Love. And we're opening up in John 8, verses 1 to 11. But Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap. Say trap. Come on, yeah, this is it. This is morning service. This is good. We'll get there. In order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the women still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said, then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now. Leave your life of sin. So this morning as we open up this scripture, and what this scripture is going to highlight and show us is this posture of love that we can take. When it comes to love and this emotion that holds that same place as what anger can hold, what we recognise is if there's love there, there is no anger in that moment. But if there's anger, the love isn't present either. So if love and anger both hold this same place, what shall we what what, what sh shall we watch out for? Over here we see that as um, Jesus was teaching, as Jesus was going about doing his stuff, the Pharisees were set out to trap him. They were set out to bring this question, bring this this law that what Moses, the law of Moses, where it said that you know such a woman is to be stoned. That what they're setting out to do here, and what we need to recognise, is to identify traps. Because the same place, that passionate place, the place where um, people or the thing you're about matters the most to us, 
can also be the place where we can be angry at. This place where we can um, identify the things that matter so much in our life. When someone comes at us, when there's a question that happens, where something takes place externally, where in that moment we're at risk of falling into the trap or we can have a posture of love. I know for myself, um, taking my mum and my auntie who are Eagles fanatics is what I'll call them. They love the Eagles. They are all about the Eagles. They know every player. They know every umpire. Oh, no, not umpires. They're they coaches, trainers, probably the water boys as well, I'm sure of. So as I'm at their house and me, a non-football supporter at all, so I'm there and I'm watching them as they're watching a game. They are out of control watching this game. I, that's how I identify it. The, the Eagle supporters here are all chuckling and laughing. They know what I'm on about. So what they, they are screaming, they are yelling, they are using all kinds of language, and they are because they are defending that team. Because what matters to them the most, I think maybe a little bit underneath her children, I don't know. Uh, I, it's questionable at times. Um, what matters to them is that these Eagles team affairs, it's almost like it's their own. They are so passionate for the Eagles. They are so passionate about their players and their team and everyone. If anyone says anything bad about them, watch out. So I take them to the Optus Stadium tour. Um, has anyone done this? You know the Optus Stadium that we have in the city? Yep. <laughs> There's a tour. It is actually great. So I thought I would take them both. It was during footy season and um, but they were showing us all around the different, you know, go down to the coach's box, which I think they think they are the coach. Um, the coach's box, the, the, the place where the players hang out. There's a name for that. I can't remember what it was. And there's all the different places in the Optus Stadium. And then we walk into the Dockers locker rooms. And at which point I had to question, I'm like, do I go in there? Because this could turn bad. If someone says something, anything untoward the Eagles, oh my goodness, I don't know what might come out of their mouth. And so I was questioning, like, do I go in or do I don't? Do I stay back here? Can I, like, go for a toilet stop, whatever it may be? But uh, we go in. And um, to their credit, they were very well behaved. They were very well behaved. There was a bit of murmuring underneath. But then we go into the Eagles locker room and, oh, wow, it just made their day. Um, it was awesome. But here's the thing. The things, it may be Eagles, it might be your family, it might be your kids, it might be a creative project. When I, when I listen to the One Heart album and these creatives that have laboured over words that would go into a song and then they place that on a table for people, open for people to like, oh, this is what I've produced and then there's conversation around, well, does that get tweaked, does it not? There is the things that we are so passionate about, be it a team, family, whatever, that when question, when accusation when stuff comes at us that potentially could be traps to rob any love that we're feeling in that moment, when that comes at us, what we tend to do with the things that matter most to us is that we stand up and defend. 
we stand up and respond with, you or not, anyone get in the way of a mother, uh, watch out, <laughs> watch out. But as we'll continue on in this message and we see the scripture of what Jesus shows us, the posture on how we respond in those moments, when the Pharisees are coming at Jesus and they bring this woman and they're trying to question him, they're trying to trap him, they're trying to accuse him of something. And I look at that for our own lives and the things that matter most to us when sometimes an external will come at us, question or trap or whatever it may be, how do we respond to that? What does it look like for our response? Do we defend? Do we protect? I know for my mum and the eagles, that is definitely the stance that is taken. There is no question about it. But the things that matter most to us, the things that bring us the love and the joy. It is those things that we hold dear and close to our lives that are at risk of um, producing and, re and responding in a way that is not of love. I know as a funny thing, I, I, I pass this past my husband before coming up. Um, both Jeff and I are very passionate about very opposite things. And um, Bolt Collection, praise the Lord, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, he is very, very passionate about keeping everything. And I am very, very passionate about throwing everything out. And so Bolt Collection comes and you can imagine, there is Love at risk every time of the year. But now, praise the Lord, we get the skip in and it's all good. But um, there are things that will matter to you. And we've got to recognise those things in our lives. We've got to recognise the places where those things that matter to us, that there are traps, there are questions, there are things that are external that can come and take away and allow us not to respond in love. And as we move on, this symbol of love, what we've seen over time, what we, we recognize as this symbol of love um, is this idea of this red love heart. Symbol, you may use it as emoji. Dawn, did you send one to Paulie this week? Uh, yes, many times Paul's received the symbol of love, this red love heart, this, um, this symbol that we would identify as love, you send it into messages and all kinds of things, and this symbol of love that we see. And what I've, um, I've looked at this week is um, this TED Talk with this heart specialist, and he was going on to talk about the heart, this symbol of love that over, you know, the 13th century where painters then, where it came up with the love heart, then started painting it red. This idea of passion and love and, and this idea of this is what this heart represents is this love and passion in our world. And today we'll use that um, not in paintings but potentially every day with the emoji, sending it somewhere to someone that we love. But what he went on to say is that our heart, that when our heart is broken, it's called taco subo, broken heart syndrome, that when that heart is broken, that it physically changes shape. It actually changes shape to this taco subo, which is a Japanese pot, so it's a like of that shape. It balloons and then it goes down, and so that's where they come up with this terminology. 
But what, what they're identifying, what they're saying is whilst the heart doesn't hold that emotion, that the heart is so intimate with the emotions that it actually changes shape due to heartbreak and heart loss, that love loss. That this idea that in 1982, this um, Barney Clark was the first person to receive an artificial heart. And his wife asked the doctors, will he still be able to love me? Will he still be able to love me? And over the research and over time, we've identified that actually it's not the heart, it's the emotions, but while they're so intertwined, so much so that it can have a physical change in someone's heart, that over a few weeks it will say that the heart then will, will mend and go back to its shape. But how much so is heartbreak and, and love that is broken can physically change someone's heart? And as I was thinking of that and as I was thinking about this message and love and how bent out of shape our world is with love, you know, swipe left, swipe right, whatever it may be, this, this world where we live in where heartbreak and brokenness and a world that um, people are not experiencing love in the right way. How much so is it required that we are to carry this colour red, carry the love that will go into our world, a love where we see that just this world is so bent out of shape, a world where love is non-existent at times, what does it look like for each one of us to be able to carry this love, to be able to know the heart of the Father, the love that we have experienced, to be able to give that to our world? Whilst our world would see this symbol of love identified in this red heart shape, this symbol of love, what we know the symbol of love is, is the symbol of the cross. The cross of where Jesus has gone and he has paid the price. He has, pray, pay, he has paid the price of love for each one of us. And that love that we have been given, that we have received, that we know, that is that love that our world needs. It is that love of red and colour that is to be splashed around wherever we go. So what does it look like to be able to hold this colour red, to be able to give that out where we go, where with the things that matter to us, a real test, well, they say it's easy to love someone you like. It's not so easy to love the person that rubs you up the wrong way, that person at school, that person at work, that person that you just don't get along with. It is in those moments where love has the power to change someone's world. It is in those moments where we come up against those things that would um, come against all that we believe and we can show a posture of love that changes someone's world. It's too easy to love the people we like and the ones that are in our world and that we're comfortable with. But what does it look like to show up and to love those that maybe it needs a little bit more work to get through with? There are people searching for love. There are people with voids, with this idea maybe, a picture of what love might be. But what I do feel that we hold and carry and know is that there is a love of a saviour 
that can fill voids, that can change lives, can satisfy people. And that's what we carry, and that's what we get an opportunity to share to our world. This posture of love. So we see over here in the scripture, and, and Jesus is in the temple, and he's, he's sitting there. He's shown up, and he's um, in the temple, and he's teaching the, the people that have gathered, they've come in. That's what he's about today. That's what he's going to do. He's going to teach these people. And then next minute... In comes the Pharisees. So he's about this thing, but they're about something else. So then they come in and they've brought this woman. Can you imagine that woman? Whilst every one of us probably have sinned this week, this woman who is caught in adultery, now these Pharisees bring her to Jesus, stand her in front of everybody who's been taught in that space and her sins are being shared with everybody. But while Jesus is about teaching these people, what has happened is this side thing that's come at him. What has happened is these Pharisees that are saying, I'm going to question you, I'm going to accuse you, I'm going to try to trap you here from what you're doing. How often is it that sometimes we're about doing something in a happy little bubble, doing our thing, and boom, something comes at us. Something comes from the sidelines, whatever it may be that will try to trap us from being able to give and show the love, to be able to give and show or do whatever we're doing in that moment. And so these guys come and they present and they question Jesus. Jesus, this is the law. What needs to happen is this woman needs to be stoned. What are you going to do about it? And so then Jesus in the story, what he, what is written there is that he bends down he writes in the sand. Nobody knows what he's writing. But what he is about is that he is here to love everybody. He is here to forgive. He is here that no one be caught up in sin. He is here that um, he has come to pay the price for each one of us. That he is here that chains would be broken over this woman's life. That he is here that, um, that he would show love and grace and forgiveness that he is about second chance, that he is about no one getting stuck and he's riding in the sand. And then he, he straightens up again and he says to these guys, you, any of you who are without sin, go ahead, throw the stone at her, go for it. And then he bends back down, not defensive, not angry, not this is what I'm about. And he starts writing again. No one knows what. And then he gets up and he straightens up again. He asks the woman, so woman, where are they all? And he gets, she's like, oh, they've gone. From the oldest down, they left one by one. And he says to her, go, leave your sin. You go. The only person left is the one without sin which is Jesus. He is the only one remaining. And I love to invite the band up that as we close today and as we, we see this idea that his posture was not to defend what he was about. He was about the Father's business. He was about loving people. He was about showing love above law, that he was about all these things. And what we learn and what we hear and what we see from this scripture 
is that it's not our business to be able to defend and protect and shout and scream and be angry when things come against us. But we are to show this posture of love. That no one knows what he was writing. But what I do take from that, and I know for my own life, is in those moments when stuff come at me, which I'm not even expecting, is that I need to catch my breath before a word comes out of my mouth. And that bending over picture in my mind as I read this scripture is one that is powerful. It's Michelle, you're not here to defend yourself or defend the whatever it may be. But you're here to show a posture of love. And what does that look like? What does that look like for each one of us? That our world, when we look at this, colour our world. What is going to make it colourful, this colour red, is the love that we show to those around us. The love that is given to everybody, no matter what. And I recognise that I am limited. I failed two out of two times. But what I do recognise is the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us can make a difference that will break down any wall, any barrier, any chains in someone's life. So this morning, as we respond to this word, I would ask the question, maybe we can stand on our feet. What we identify with these colours, sometimes it's a colour that we need for our own lives. Sometimes it's a colour that we desperately need for our world. And what I'd ask today is, do you need the colour red? Do you need the love that is able to change your life and a love that is able to change the world around you? And if that's you today, I just ask if you quickly hold up your hand. And I'd love to pray for us that we would see, thank you, that's good. We would see a love that is able to change the world. This love that has come, that will set our lives free, will set the lives free around us. That as we show and display this love to people around us, that they would encounter the love of Jesus for themselves. Holy Spirit, we pray that this morning, Lord, that what we recognise, Lord, is that we are desperate for your love that we are needing your love. That Lord, that for each one of us that have walked and journeyed with you, may you show us a fresh revelation of your love for us. And that Lord, we pray that for our world around us, that Jesus, we pray and ask that our love would be seen and known, that the love of the Saviour would be seen through our lives. That Jesus, we pray that there will be story after story after story because of your love in our lives. That Heavenly Father, workplaces will change, schools will change, relationships will change, family homes will change, Lord, because there is an unconditional love that is through us. That Lord, that there is an unconditional love that will break down and absorb any anger that comes at us, that any defense that will come at us, that any questioning that will come at us. That Jesus, that we would we would operate from a posture of love, from a posture that says that Jesus is Lord and King over my life.
that Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would be at work, that your spirit would move, and that Holy Spirit, that we would see you at work in our world. In Jesus' name, let's sing.